0: Welcome to The Fight with Teddy Atlas, presented by Dynamic Striking. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by the legend, Teddy Atlas. And today's very special guest, or for today's very special guest, we've summoned Karnak the Magnificent, frequent guest of the Johnny Carson Show. So please join us in welcoming Karnak the Magnificent.
1: Hello. I have been summoned from the West, or perhaps the East, whichever. I get a little confused sometimes with all this stuff, but I have been asked to come here to help our great audience, the great audience that may have had a little problem understanding the outcome of the last fight, terrific fight with Valdez and Navarate, where there was some That did not quite understand the severe beating that Valdez took and the one-sided fight that it truly was. Even I, from out west and sometimes east, way up in the Himalayas or some kind of high place, I could see clearly... That it was a one-sided fight. But sometimes the simplest things are not so simple to see and to just comprehend. And I am here to make it a little bit more simple for all of you. That during the broadcast, some of the people that are doing the talking they sometimes also do not quite understand the simple and the basic. So, I have a solution. Again, you have summoned me here mentally with your forces to help. And my help is to give you a great suggestion. Watch the fight once again. But watch it this time with no volume, With nothing but silence. And see what you could not see before. Understand what was hidden from you. So go, go, my young grasshoppers. Go out there and watch the fight without any sound. And remember, if you need me, I will always be here. All you have to do is think of me and blink your eyes many, many times, and I will appear immediately or close to immediately. For now, I say, but before I leave, one other thing. To our great brothers and sisters across the pond, As you like to say, our British fans, one thing. You have not been forgotten, but a reminder. We all must have reminders at times. Your idol, the one that you call Joshua, he is overrated. I will. See, even I can see that. I will (laughs) leave you now. So long. Until next time
0: thank you karnak appreciate the insight let's bring teddy atlas into the scene and see what teddy has to say about the weekend's festivities there was no shortage of um fight action from about noontime eastern all the way through to about 1 a.m uh between the fight the zone fight the joshua fight in the undercard ufc with an early start out in vegas followed by the navarrete and oscar valdez fight on espn where like us like teddy like karnak mentioned um we got a very one-sided opinion of that fight or at least a one-sided um description of what was happening because it appeared to be a one-sided beatdown but we'll get into all the fight action now teddy what'd you think of karnak thanks to karnak for joining us
1: uh, can you guys see me there's smoke (laughs) there's still some smoke in the room here it's (laughs) It's clearing out. <laughs> Karnak creates smoke, and, you know, when he comes, it is quite a moment. It, it stuck. Can you see me? <laughs> I got gotcha. you. The, the, the yep. smoke is clearing. Yep. You got me? Uh, very thankful to Karnak, the magnificent one, and very thankful to the fans that summoned him with your thoughts, your brain thoughts that brought him here try not to let that happen too often okay here we are we have a lot to discuss now um karnak set it up well but we must get to the rest of it ken let's get to the rest of it let's get to all of it
0: let's jump right in with the anthony joshua robert helenius fight from uh england Saturday afternoon, Eastern Time, Saturday night in the UK. Uh, Robert Hellenius, last-minute replacement for Dillian White, who failed a drug test. They brought in Robert Hellenius on a week's notice a week after he fought uh, over in Europe. I forget where his fight was, but he got a win over in Europe and uh, stepped in to face Anthony Joshua. And Anthony took about six rounds to get to him, but finally knocked him out with a big right hand and, um, you know, then proceeded to parade around like he just you know cured cancer or shocked the world in the thriller in manila i think this was the most predetermined outcome of the weekend although i think most people would agree it probably took them longer than what pe- most people would have ex- of many have weekends
1: expected. predetermined of many weekends <laughs> yeah, of true. many weekends and you don't need Connack, the magnificent one to tell you that i can tell you that
0: yeah one one quick thing before i turn over to you to get your opinion i saw some comments on twitter and one guy in particular said uh you know i love the show but i have such a hard time with the essentially the criticism of joshua that seems like it's an agenda and to that i would say i don't know what you're referring to we have no agenda towards anyone i promise you we're not aligned with any governing bodies boxing
1: truth we do have an agenda it's the agenda is truth. truth truth
0: exactly truth Exactly. But we have no we have no affiliation to any promoter, manager. If you haven't been paying attention, we have uh, equal praise and criticism for all <laughs> in accordance with our personal beliefs. Um, Anthony Joshua, the person, seems like a great guy. These opponents that he faces most of the time are just like the opponents Tyson Fury faces most of the time, predetermined cannon fodder. And that's what happened Saturday. What'd you think of the fight, Teddy?
1: Just in case our British brothers and sisters could not hear clearly, I wanted to make sure not only put it out there in an audible, but also in a visual.
0: He's holding up a note that says, for the people just listen." it says truth, the only agenda. All right, with that said, Teddy, give us the truth. How'd you like the performance? Did we learn anything from it? What's to be gained from this aside from a paycheck for Anthony and the um, promoters?
1: Well, first off, I I heard that some of the commentators over there actually said before the fight that it was... I can't believe I'm quoting this. This is a direct quote. But I heard some of the commentators actually say before the fight that it was brave of Joshua to take a last-minute replacement and not just pull out of the fight. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Do Do they really fully understand that Joshua was getting paid millions of dollars to fight and he would have not been paid if he didn't <laughs> I mean how you, you Ted you really think Ted, money had
0: anything to do with this don't be so naive
1: come on I mean it's I mean it's not like number 1 like <laughs> he was doing it for free or he was getting you know he wasn't getting paid and the money was going to a children's hospital all right great <laughs> Um, number two, it wasn't brave of him. It's not like he was fighting Joe Lewis or, for that matter, even Jerry Lewis. Or Andy um, Ruiz. Or, yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, Andy Ruiz, the second version of Ruiz when he was almost 300 pounds and he beat him. But he was fighting a guy who two fights ago was knocked out in one round by Wilder. Wilder's people hand-picked him to come back with, after a year's layoff, after being KO'd and badly beaten up by Tyson Fury. It's the same reason that you guys, you know, the Joshua's people, okayed Hellenius as a replacement for White. I mean, it's the same reason. Listen, I know the British fans are a bit loopy for their fighters, but do you not see that He's what I've been saying, and what Karnak said he's overrated and and it's not personal i I say this about Americans about whatever they are, Mexicans, if they're overrated, wherever they're from, uh, Irish, Italian, Japanese, Portuguese, Milanese, sedanese uh, whatever. If, if it's to be said, I'm going to say it. And some of you, you don't admit it, but you say that. I had to laugh. My son sent me one of the comments you're talking about, Ken, where where one of them actually admitted that he was overrated. One of the fans. Actually, it was more than one. But you know what he said? He said, yeah, 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 he is. We we yeah we we understand it, but we don't we don't want a yank telling us oh you don't want a yank telling you <laughs> oh is that all it is is that all it is you don't want a yank okay how about I say it with an English uh, accent will that make you feel better uh, your 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 man your your mon over there is is a bit of rubbish he, he's playing rubbish he's playing rubbish. He's playing rubbish. Uh, your bloke. Your bloke is rubbish. Uh, does that make you feel better? And he's not really rubbish, but it's rubbish to say that he's a great fighter or he ever was a great fighter, you lovely blokes. Have a lovely day. Have a touch of tea, please. I mean, does that make you feel better now that I said it with that? Okay, I hope it made you feel better. Um, listen... Oh, I, I know you want him to be what you want him to be. Who has he ever beaten to have gained the statue that he's been given over there? Charles Martin? <laughs> All right. And, and a 288-pound Ruiz in the rematch after Ruiz knocked him out when he took the fight on two weeks' notice or less. A cruiserweight beat him two times. I know Uzek, right? His only real win... Was over... Hey, you guys are forcing me to go down this litany of stuff. You're forcing me to do it. But I'll, I'll go down there quick. His only real win was over a 40 40-plus... 40-plus-year-old 40 Klesko who dropped him. And for that resume, he has the gall. And this didn't bother you a little bit? Really? Really, you guys? And, you know, I have nothing but love for yous. You're great fans. But... For him to say on the telly, as you say over there, the telly. Uh, uh, he, he said after the fight that his back was hurting him. Oh, and he went like this. Oh, oh, Ken, he, uh, my back is hurting me from carrying the heavyweight division. Are you kidding me? How you people sat there, sat there and allowed him to say that? Really? What are you blooming idiots? <laughs> Notice I put "blooming" in there. I hope that helps. Are you blooming idiots? Are you kidding me? You—that's why I say it. And again, it could be Portuguese, Gaulalies, Lateralies, Nateralies, Duralies, Balaloo, Lateraloo, uh, whatever. And I'm gonna say it if it needs to be said. Are you kidding me? Carrying the heavyweight division on his back? Man, how you didn't get up from your seat stand and go get a pint? Really, go to the closest pub and just order a pint, a pint, really, to kind of wash that away. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I mean, yeah, this damn Yank is telling you that. There's no doubt about it. This Yank is, is telling you, putting it the way it is. Put it the way it is. That, us Yanks do that once in a while. But um, somebody has to be in charge of dispensing the truth once in a while. Somebody. If it's not Karnak, it might as well be Teddy and Ken. Andy Lee, the fighter, former world champ, was one of the only voices after the fight who said he didn't look confident, Joshua, and he would better have another two fights before he goes in with water. He's saying the truth. The truth. And And he ain't a yank. He ain't a yank! Joshua was tentative. It took him seven rounds to finally get up the confidence to simply move forward with a couple jabs and throw the right hand and go home. I mean, he could have done that same thing at any time. He had a very tall guy who keeps his head up in the air like a lantern in a storm, like a, I mean, it's like, it's like, it's like a target is on it. He pulls back straight, presenting this huge target to hit, like a bullseye on a dartboard. You Brits should understand something about dartboards, right? Dot. Dart, Dodge is a big thing over there. And I know you got one over there in a couple of the pubs with my picture on it. All right. I, okay. All right. All love. All love. Just don't hit me in the eyes, please. Um, really, you, I, I don't know what else to say. It took them seven rounds. Seven rounds to simply do that against the guy they brought in. Let me, let me reiterate that. They brought him in to be knocked out. Yeah, I know he set it up beautifully. Joshua set it up beautifully uh, with two jabs low to his body, dropping Hellenia's eye contact, eye level, so that he'd never see the right hand coming up top. Okay, I'm telling you, okay, great. Great. Good job. Good job. But with this guy that he had in front of him, all you needed to do was press forward with two jabs, and then the right hand, and go take a shower, and like I said, have a pint, you know, with some of your mates. Oh, boy! And and he should have a pint, with is because you guys. What are you are the talking about? He, he did. Is he, he
0: came is. out, and Conor McGregor gave him no choice but to dump a dump a beer down his throat. It was one of the most awkward uh, product placements in the history of marketing.
1: Well, you know what else <laughs> he should do. He should do. I'm not trying to spend anyone's money, but he should also go into the local pub and buy everybody a (laughs) pint. I think he can afford it. Ken, you think he can afford it? You're a financial guy. I think he can afford it. I'm pretty sure, yeah. You know? And and you know what? Maybe it'll make his back feel better. (laughs) Right? Maybe it'll loosen up. Look, you actually... I can't believe. Is he serious with that? I'm pretty sure he's dead serious.
0: I'm sure he believes that
1: that he carried the heavyweight division. Uh, uh, you fought and you lost to Uzic because you had to. Yeah, it's not like you chose him. He was a mandatory, I believe, and so you had to. You had to fight him, and then of course you lose. You have to fight the rematch. So how have you been carrying the division? Really, if we're going to speak the truth here, right? It was Fury who actually got in the ring with the biggest puncher in the heavyweight division. and matter of fact, in boxing, period. Pound for pound, ounce for ounce, Wilder's the biggest puncher in boxing. And Fury got in the ring with him three times. So maybe he should be the one going to the chiropractor to get his back fixed for carrying the heavyweight division, right? Maybe he should be. Final analysis, Ken. Joshua, was for the first four rounds, he was so tentative. He was pushing his jab, reaching in with his right hand. As I said before, all he had to do was step in. Step in with two jabs and a right hand at any time, and Hellenius was going down. So that's a, I know you don't want to be reckless. I know you want to be thoughtful. I know you want to be smart. I know you have a new trainer. I get it. I get it. But really, I also do get it. I also do get it. Everything is relative. And it's relative to who he was in there with. And with this guy, after a round or two, you should have saw that. So, enough said. This yank is done. Okay? Uh, All right? You know, and by the way, Joshua's going to be paid $60 million to fight Wilder if they do actually fight
0: that's what um, I want to get your thoughts on Why a, a potential Wilder Joshua fight in December in Saudi Arabia. What happens and who wins?
1: Yeah, if it, or December or January. I think they're talking about January. Whatever. But, you know, one thing I'll tell you, if the fight does happen, uh, Joshua can buy a new back uh, with, with $60 million. He can buy a new back. And, and all the millions that he's already made, all the millions that he's already made in his career, God bless him. But listen, God bless Eddie Hearn and and um, and his promotional company that helped make him and promote him and build him up to make all this money. So listen, at the end of the day, he goes to the desert. He's going to wind up getting 60 million. At the very least, he can get a camel while he's over there to help him carry whatever he's got to carry. You know, at the very least. And it, and I don't know what it would cost to ship a camel back. But again, with $60 million and the tens of millions that he's already made, I think he can already, I think he can afford it. I think he can afford
0: it. What happens in that fight?
1: One of two things. Wilder goes after him early because that's why. Wilder. Wilder can't fight, but he can punch. And he's got a heart. And so does Joshua. But he's, Wilder's got a heart. And he's gotten off the floor before, as Joshua has. And, um, but he's taken a terrible beat in the last couple of fights with Fury. I don't know what he's got left. I know he knocked out Hellenius, but it was Hellenius in one round. I still, in a real fight, I don't know how much was taken out of him from those beatings that he took in the last two fights with, with Fury. But I know he's got a heart. I know he can punch like hell. And, um, but his technique is horrible. He's all over the place. I But he doesn't, you know, he doesn't waste time. He'll probably go out there. Although he's got a new trainer the last couple of fights in Malik Scott who's trying to make him a little bit more patient, make him more of a boxer, make him more responsible, make him technically better. So maybe he will be a little more patient. He was a little more patient with Hellenius. Uh, and then he scored the knockout. So one of two things is going to happen. He's going to go out there and he's going to be less tentative than... Joshua, and he's going to land the punch first, because it's going to come down to who lands first. He's going to land. He's going to. He's going to land the punch first, and I think he's got a better chin than Joshua at the end of the day. But, and he'll land the punch first, and it'll be all over. Or he'll walk into something. He'll he'll go out there, and Joshua, you know, knows how to counter, and his temperament is more to counter now, not to be aggressive not to really take chances. He's more comfortable countering him And his trainers, he's got a good new, new trainer too, a good trainer. He, they will probably look to try to catch, set a trap and catch Wilder coming in with something wide open and, and beat him to it, punch in between a wide punch or just make a miss and counter him. And so that's, that's my prediction. And I think it's a good one, where you're either gonna get you're either gonna get you're gonna get Joshua looking to set a trap, you know, laying back a little bit, which he's very good at doing now, right? He's comfortable doing that, and catch Wilder coming in. Or Wilder's gonna use that foam that long, long as long as a foam pole jab and set up the right hand and go out there and catch Joshua again like he was the other night, still a little tentative and not give him a chance to gain his confidence, get into a rhythm and end it before he can ever get started. The only fly in the ointment or X factor for me is how much Malik Scott has changed Wilder. His temperament, his mentality and his technique. Where if he's made him into a more stable boxer, if you will, then then it might take a minute because if he's more patient, you know Joshua's gonna be patient. Oh my god. So at the end of the day, it might not be the the thunderstorm you think you're gonna get. It might not be. It might not be. Either way, it could go either way, but I I wind up saying Wilder. And um You know, I, I hey, I wanna give him credit for getting in there with Wilder, a dangerous puncher, even though he's been beaten up by Fury twice. And he's probably gonna be a little less dangerous, but I want to give him credit for it. But when you're getting paid sixty million dollars to do it, I don't know how much credit you could give somebody. Sixty million. I know people that have told me and I think they're half serious. Teddy, for sixty million, I'll get in a freaking cage with a lion. I'll get in a cage with a lion. You know, give me something. Give me a give me something. Give me some kind of knife or something. But yeah, for sixty million, I'll take a shot. Hopefully, it's an old lion missing a couple teeth with, with the claws a little bit rotten. You know, he, he hasn't gotten a manicure lately. You know,
0: speaking of old lions, I want to jump into the undercard of that fight because we had the fight that everyone's been clamoring for, Derek Chisora and Gerald Washington. Gerald Washington coming into the fight, Teddy, was six ass uh, two wins. Five losses coming into the fight. He's now two and six in his last eight fights. Gerald Washington. Who, and he's
1: been knocked out. And he's been knocked out five times. Go ahead.
0: By the way, one of those people, one of the two wins that he had was uh, that, that Gerald had was against Don't, tell me, <laughs> Don't tell me
1: Hellenius. Don't tell me Oh, yeah. He knocked Hellenius out. Don't tell me Hellenius Hellenius. Of course he did. He oh, knocked Hellenius goodness. out in the oh, eighth round. Goodness. Don't tell the British fans that. Listen, Ken, Ken, keep it low. Don't tell the Brits.
0: He lo- knocked out Hellenius, and he lost to Adam Konaki. who, no offense Adam Konaki has been Don't exposed tell the as Brits. like...
1: Don't tell the <laughs> Brits. <laughs> so, Listen, they said that it was brave. It was brave of Joshua to get in a ring with Helenius.
0: Brave. Gerald Washington gets uh, essentially beat up for 10 rounds against Derek Chisora, and again, the fight that absolutely no one was looking for. Big fan of Derek Chisora, but could do without this fight. It meant nothing. It was literally just filler. It was like uh, some additive in like an ingredient on a box where you're like, why do they have that? No, no, it was worse. It was worse,
1: <laughs> Ken. It was worse. No, it was worse. I'll tell you why. It's dangerous. You're playing with somebody's life here. Yeah, It's dangerous. I said a while ago that Trezor, I love him. I love what he's given us. I love the, he's a war horse. I love the the thrills, the fights the excitement, everything that he's given the audience for 20 years. They love him over there. I love him here. I mean, he only knows one way. Forward, go conquer or be conquered. That's him. That's Shazora. He's a fighter right You know, right down to his toes. And, and he's got the heart of a lion, like you just said. But when it's enough, it's enough. And after he got knocked out in his last fight by Fury and took all those punches, and he's been taking punches for 20 years. That's his style. And now he's taking more and more, and he's 39 years old. I made a mistake. I said he was 40, 41, 42. He's 39 years old. He might as well be 81. He might, be, might as well be 79. Because the way that you judge a fighter's age is not chronologically. It's by the amount of punishment they've taken. He's taken a lot of punishment. He, he has taken so much punishment, especially in the last few years as he's gotten older and older and older, he's taken so many punches. When is enough enough? Really? Really? When is enough? I know you love him, over, but if you really love him, I love him. So I'm going to say what I'm going to say, because I do love him. I love everything he's given us, everything he's given to you, the fans, everything he's given to this sport. He's given every freaking ounce of himself. If you love him, make sure he doesn't get in the ring no more. He shouldn't have been in the ring. The, luckily, it was against Washington, who boxed a nice fight, picked his spots, but he does just enough to lose. He picked his spots, but he even hurt him. He even staggered him. He even got Trezora, got you know, into, into that stumble mode where his legs got stumbly a little bit. you know, And, and that's a guy who Ken just described his record who's 41 years old. I think Washington's 40, 41 years old. And like I said, he's been knocked out five times. And 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 I give Washington credit. You know, he boxed nice. He picked his spots. He fought a, you know, controlled fight, a patient fight. Too patient because he got out-hustled. He got out But if it wasn't him fighting that kind of fight, Chisura probably, he would have been in a lot of trouble. And... He shouldn't be getting in the ring anymore. I mean, are you, are you not understanding this? What, what happens to somebody that's been hit that much? That sooner or later, they, something bad's going to happen? Do you not understand that? Did he not earn the right to have that compassion? Really? Has he not earned that right? I know he would get mad. I, I have the right to fight. I, have the, I get it. But at some point, you have to protect someone from themselves when they're that much of a warrior. That much of a gallant warrior. You got to protect them from yourself. Some Sometimes somebody can't drive a car no more. They just can't. They want to drive. They want to drive. But they can't drive no more. They don't see right. Their reflexes aren't good. And and you have to take their license away. You just have to. You know, you, you don't want to tell them that they can't drive. But... But for their sake, so they don't get hurt and they don't hurt someone else. In this case, so Shazora don't get hurt. I mean, he actually looked. When I watched this fight, he actually dissipated more since the Fury fight. You know, he's been eroded, he's been evaporated right in front of eyes, taking punches. But he still behaves the same. He's a Game, game, game. He don't know nothing else. That's all he knows. To be game. To be a warrior. That's it. That's it. But we have to know better. We have to know better. I could see he was less since the Fury fight. He's he's less since then. That he lost some more. Like I always say, every time you get in the ring, you lose part of yourself. He's lost part of himself. He looked to me, Ken. Like a guy trying to walk uphill and he was stumbling uphill. That's what he looked like. And I don't mean to be facetious. I don't mean to be laughing at, at his peril. I I, I, I I don't. I'm just saying it because it needs to be said. It really does. When are you going to stop? When he dies in the ring? I said it. Somebody had to say it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I said it. Is that when you're going to do it? When he dies in the ring? God forbid. And then what are you going to say? What are you going to say then? I don't know why we have commissions. If, if, if Teddy Atlas has to go on these rants in these cases, which I did for 20-something years on ESPN, when a commission didn't know enough to, to stop a guy when he should, shouldn't be in the ring no more, when they didn't know enough, What the freak? I ain't getting paid for this job. The commission is. What the hell's the sense of having a commission if they can't figure this crap out?
0: Well, I think as long as there's there's money to be made, putting butts in seats to see these guys fight, they're going to keep doing it. Derek has come out today or yesterday and said he's got three more fights in him. Wants to get to 50 fights. Yeah,
1: okay. All right. You know, Floyd Mayweather could fight... 150 because of his style Chesora can't because of his style his style is to take one to deliver to take three to deliver one that's his style well, it always- shows
0: in his it shows in his record teddy 34 and 13 he's basically winning two losing one that's true All right, guys, want to take a quick pause to give a shout out to today's sponsor. You know them, Athletic Greens. Go to athleticgreens.com slash atlas to take advantage of today's special offer. 10 free travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to athleticgreens.com slash atlas. Athletic Greens is the all-in-one green drink One scoop in the morning, boom, you get 75 whole food sourced ingredients uh, in a delicious tasting drink. Couldn't be easier to use. And like I said, the special offer comes with 10 free travel packs. Those 10 free travel packs will become invaluable to you because especially when I'm traveling, I want to make sure I'm getting all my vitamins, minerals, probiotics, prebiotics to keep you as healthy as possible when you are traveling. puts a tremendous amount of stress on the immune system. So check them out at athleticgreens.com slash atlas to take advantage of the special offer 10 free travel packs well teddy speaking of someone getting hurt in the ring i couldn't help but to think that the promoters and the network wouldn't be happy until they let richard torres jr hurt someone in the ring they're feeding this guy like raw meat like you would say week after week i love watching richard torres fight former olympian u.s heavyweight you know smaller heavyweight but just like a scrappy aggressive guy i love watching him fight but they're putting him in with guys who don't have a chance in hell. You'd kick this guy out of the gym if he showed up to be Richard's sparring partner. They're not qualified to be in the ring with the guy. And I seriously, when he knocked this guy out in the first round last week or whatever round it was, I think it was the first, that's what I was thinking is, when are they going to be happy? When he hurts somebody? No fault of Richard. But Jesus, they're, they're feeding this guy like raw meat every week. Cannon fodder, as you would say. He beat He's beating the crap out of them to the point where... You have to question the sanity of everyone involved. Someone doesn't see this guy Willie Sparks or w- whatever his name is, Willie um, Willie Jake Jr. They don't see tape on him and go, "Dude, you can't put him in with Richard Torres. He's going to kill him. This is so unfair." You would, anyway. I digress. How'd you like Richard Torres's um, one round destruction of uh, Willie Jake Jr.?
1: Uh, the, listen, it's the usual top ranks puts on their usual one sided, as you just said, cannon fodder matchup to feed their undefeated heavyweight prospect, you know, some raw meat, um to build his record up. Easy work, you know. Torres as far as the analysis, Torres gave gave ground, allowing you know, allowing his opponent to rush in, giving him plenty of room to swing and miss, leaving a space to fill, which Torres did with a counter hook getting the first round KO. Um, It went 92 seconds. I was just surprised that the commentators who go along with this stuff, because that's where they make their living. doesn't mean you have to go along with it, but they they go along with it. They want to make their people happy and be on board with it and all that stuff. They don't want to ever say something that I have used to say, like, what did you learn from this? What did he get out of this? Like... When are we going to stop this? He's a silver medalist from the Olympics. He probably had a, over 100 fights. Most of those guys that have fought on that level amateur-wise have had that kind of amateur background and pedigree and experience. At this point, you don't need this. What, Like I said, what are you learning? What are you getting from it? What are you getting from it? Uh, you're getting more knockouts on your record and, do you really think the audience loves that? I don't know. I don't agree with you. If you do, that just—I uh, don't know. But um, I was surprised it went ninety-two seconds. I was surprised that the commentators didn't say that it was two seconds. It took Torres two seconds less to knock out Willie Jake than it took Mike Tyson to knock out Michael Spinks. I thought they might make that. Uh, comparison, being that it was ninety two seconds. I thought they you know, because they they don't seem to have any problem with with this stuff. And matter of fact, more than that, they echo it. They they amplify it from the hilltops. Like like it's something great. Like it's you know, like oh wow. Whoa. Wow. Ah, ooh ee ah ooh ah ooh ah Sam, scratch my back. I got an itch here. Right? Oh, ah, ooh! I got it. Um, you know, I mean, that's that was my only surprise. Nothing else surprising that they that actually didn't come up. They they weren't quick enough to, that night to come up. Wow, two ninety-two seconds, two seconds less than Mike Tyson took to knock out Michael Spinks. <laughs> okay. Anyway, enough said. Um, one of these days, one of these opponents, just like I worry about Shazora, to your point, Ken, one of these days, one of these opponents, God forbid, but again, you don't need Teddy Atlas to tell you that. Oh, we're going into dangerous waters here, guys. When, when you keep putting these guys in over and over again with overmatched guys. Guys that just shouldn't be in the ring with them. I mean, you know, how often you're going to roll the dice, right? I mean, did you ever hear of a game? uh, You you ever see that movie, The Deer Hunter? It was was a tough movie. It was a great movie. It won Academy Awards. Great acting. Great. Great. But it was was a tough movie, too. I mean, you know, it really was. It was a heartbreaking movie. But where that game called Russian Roulette, you ever hear of that game? <laughs> you know, so one time, one time you play that game too many times. And one time there's actually going to be a bullet in the chamber. There's actually going to be a bullet in the chamber. And it's going to be nice out forever. I just hope that that doesn't happen here. I just hope not. I hope not. I hope
0: not. Agreed. Let's jump over to the ESPN card. Oscar Valdez in with Emmanuel Navarrete. We've talked a little bit about it already with the great Karnak, the Magnificent. But, um, you know, one-sided fight, entertaining fight, all Mexican affair. Um, It just seems from my perspective, like... Anytime Valdez would have moments and score with good shots, it didn't even seem like he could affect Navarrete. He, it feels like he could have hit him in the head with a hammer and it wouldn't have stopped him. He'd score.
1: Great and- one-sided fight. Okay, I said it. Yes. They, they tried to make it great. It, wasn't, it was a great one-sided fight. That's because right. The, Valdez had so much heart that he just wouldn't, wouldn't stop trying. Uh, it was very, very similar, very similar to Spence and Crawford. That's Agreed. how bad a beatdown it was, and that's how one sided it was. That's how bad it was. Very nobody else gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. Very similar to that, uh, and and similar for two reasons. One because of the domination of 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 Crawford the domination of Navarrete in his case and because of the heart of Spence to hang in there to keep trying keep trying and same thing the heart of Valdez to hang in there but same same thing same other than other than it finally being a knockout
0: same same beatdown same one-sided Performance to your point with regards to the heart. Now uh, Valdez probably fighting through a broken orbital bone his eye was swollen shut. Were you surprised at the lack of like compression and end swell they used on the, on the eye? Like in between rounds, it just looked like they'd touch it on there three or four seconds, move it away when I, mean, I was thinking like this thing should get all the attention in between rounds it's swelling shut before it got shut I thought they could have controlled it a little bit more but curious about your thoughts about everything including the eye but again just evidence of the heart that he fought with to fight with that eye swollen shut and, and we've seen many many people quit after a broken orbital bone or a damaged eye to that degree many people have said they've had enough especially when you lose in every single round.
1: Do, do we know that it was broken? No, 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 no. We don't know. I'm, I'm just oh.
0: speculating, and there's All been right. speculation. So oh, we don't let's be careful. We, yeah, no, we don't know that it was broken, but it certainly looked like something that had to be broken. It wasn't just swollen. It was like the whole side of his head was swollen. His eye was shut.
1: I'll put it in a simple, safe way. Okay. He got hit a lot. He got hit a lot. He got hit a lot, and they better give him a long rest, no matter what. No matter what, they better just like Spence. They better give Spence a long rest, and they better give Valdez a long rest if they care about him—a long rest before he gets not in the ring, but in the gym again, and takes any punches at all. I had said, um, I had said, and I, I actually tweeted it. I had said, look for Navarrete to start fast, because I watched him warm up. In the locker room, he had a nice sweat going. They really went out of their way to warm him up. I saw that to train us, and um, Valdez was dry. So, I guess the commentators I mean, full disclosure, I turned the sound off, I, I, I didn't listen, and uh, I didn't need the, the magnificent um, Karnak to tell me that. I just did it on my own. Karnak told, you guys turn the sound off. I agree with him. Give it a try. And I'm not even being a wise guy. Give it a try. Give it a try. Because you get influenced. You get influenced sometimes. You do. Some people refuse to be influenced. They, they, But some people get influenced by what somebody's saying. Watch it without the sound. Just like the great Karnak said. Um, I guess... As I said, I turned the sound off. I guess commentators had said that Navarrete would start slow. Um, I was told that. Again, I didn't hear it myself, but I, I was told. Uh, I... Navarrete started fast and he won all but one of the first seven rounds. Now, we knew going in that he threw a lot of punches, a lot of leather. But what impressed me was just how smart and under control he was where in the past he left himself wide open and exposed during a fight for counters. You know, he'd throw a wide punch. He'd leave himself off balance. Maybe you could punch inside. You know, he'd reach in. Not here. Not here. He put a clinic on. He put a clinic on. Man, I ain't leaving here till I give him his props. Man, because he didn't get his props that night. He, he got his hand raised. He didn't get his props. Man, he was smart and good. Mixing in lead shots off of his long jab, knowing how to use his reach well, and then countering beautifully when Valdez came in. And Tymon Valdez with perfectly placed punches. And uppercuts at the right time. And not only was his offense buttoned up and extremely efficient, Ken, but maybe this was the most impressive part about him. Because he's a Mexican warrior, right? They both are. But the most impressive... Hey, but that says our great Mexicans aren't smart? Of course they are. Our great Mexicans can't have defense? Of course they do. But some people, they, they, I don't know. They get caught up in a stereotype. And they think, oh, the Mexicans just walk in. No, 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 no. No, they're not just walking. Some of them are. Some of all fighters are just walking. They don't have to be of Mexican origin. But the great Mexican fighters, yeah, they walked in. But they walked in smart. And they knew when to walk in. Like Chavez. Like, like the great Salvador Sanchez. So, anyway, uh, not only was his offense terrific... And buttoned up. But what I was most impressed was his defense. I mean, it was just great. Valdez could not hit him the way that he thought he would. Val- Valdez was doing good work to the body. I give him credit for that. And he was trying to go there. But I'll tell you, Navarrete, he just started beating the crap out of Valdez. There's no other way to say it. Um, landed clean, punishing punches all night long. It was a beating, like I said, just like Crawford gave Spence, and and like I said, uh, Valdez, just like Spence, Valdez showed huge heart by continuing to try. First round, I'm gonna give you the quick uh, little bit of a breakdown. First round, never ready, started fast as I thought he would because they warmed him up. They wanted to start fast, and he won the first round. Second round, Valdez. I actually gave it to Valdez because although Navarrete outworked him, as he did in every round, in that round, Valdez landed the cleanest shots. But then in the third round, Navarrete Navarrete not only won, but he basically took over the fight. After that, it was all Navarrete. I, I heard also that the commentators said that Navarrete's footwork was horrible you know what I respectfully disagree tremendously (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Ken I know that shocks you but I thought it was great I thought his footwork was great Uh, and you know what if you ask Valdez I bet you he'd say it was great too (laughs) I bet you he'd say it was great too I don't think Valdez could find one thing that wasn't great about Navarrete that night see the thing is I tweeted this, Navarrete is awkwardly clever. I used to use that phrase. Nobody else used it, but I used to use that phrase uh, on ESPN when I was calling the fights. Now, try to wrap your head around this, people, that concept. Uh, the com- commentators obviously couldn't see it, but sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees, and I don't think, I'm not knocking a commentator, but I don't think they can see the forest for the trees. I really mean it. They just see the awkwardness and automatically they think that means he's clumsy. You know what I mean, Ken? Or that he's flawed in, in whatever, you know, what he does and not efficient or good at it. But instead of concentrating on how unorthodox and awkward and unconventional he is or he was, they should have noticed that all that matters is what he's actually getting done. No matter how he's getting it done. Isn't that all that matters in life? That you're getting it done? Everyone has their own way. It's, everyone's unique. Everybody's got a different way about doing something. All that matters is, are you being good at it? Are you getting the job done? Are you being effective? Yes, 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 on all those questions. Every one of them. Every one of them. When it comes to Navarrete, they didn't see the results of what he was doing. He's getting the same results that someone who does it more smoothly, more neatly, gets it done. It just doesn't look as pretty. See, that's the thing. It doesn't look pretty. I admit it. But either does Valdez's face at the end of the night. That doesn't look pretty either. Why? Why? Why does it not look pretty? Because of what is getting done in a magnificent way. Because he's getting hit from all angles, Valdez. He's being mugged in there. And he was being mugged in there. There were some rounds you could almost gave 10-8. You almost could have gave 10-8. Um, thank God. Thank God that the judges this time actually did their job and they saw it for what it was. The commentators were saying that the judges' scores were way off. You know, when the fight was over, I put the sound on. And that's what I picked up. They said the judges' scores were way off. Really? Really? No, they weren't. The commentators were way off. Again, I'm sorry. Just like I'm sorry to some of the British fans that I say that your man is overrated over there. But the truth speaks for itself the truth is the truth you know (laughs) partly partly the reason why the commentators were wrong was what I said that they couldn't properly appreciate what Navarrete was was doing and partly I think maybe because of a little bias although I'm sure they would say no and one other thing and they can't say no to this They wanted it to be a great fight on their watch, on their their network. They wanted to be able to bang their chest and say, wow, we had a great fight. Because they give you a lot of fights that ain't great. You know, and a lot of cannon fodder in the, uh, you know, (laughs) unfortunately, in the preliminaries, in the undercard. But they wanted to say it was a great fight. So to fit their agenda, to fit what they wanted to put out there, Valdez had to be competitive. Um, You know, they wanted to take credit that it was a great fight. But although, as I said, it was a great display of heart and courage by Valdez, it was in truth a very one-sided fight. As I said earlier, it was a great one-sided fight. And one other thing. Ken, did I hear this right? Because sometimes, you know, my ears get a little clocked I try to clean them I try to use q-tips you know but sometimes I run out and I get caught up with other things and I don't maybe I don't clean my ears enough but did they actually say talk about a trilogy (laughs) correct me if I'm wrong (laughs) but don't you first have to have two fights before you get to a trilogy just I don't know maybe maybe uh, maybe I'm just I don't know Karnak, when Karnak came in here with all that smoke, it might have just, it, it might have, it, it might have just stunned my senses for a moment, maybe. But I thought you couldn't have a trilogy before you had two fights, so that would mean a rematch. But for me, that was so one-sided. Do we really want to see that again? And the the commentators not only not. Did they not notice that, and I noticed it, around the sixth round I noticed it. Did they not notice, and I tweeted it, did they not notice that Navarrete hurt his right hand? Um, I know they said something late, I was told, but did they not notice that one? I noticed it a little earlier, but Navarrete behaved like a pro and a fighter and a champion, and he just kept going. But what do you think would happen to Valdez if they fight again and never has two healthy hands <laughs> I mean it's something to think about no matter what they think or don't someone better think about it and give Valdez as I said Ken a long rest he took a horrible beating a horrible beating and everyone gives another thing e- everyone gives Eddie Ray so okay terrific trainer v- Valdez's trainer he's Canelo's trainer they give him so much love and credit. They go out of their way, you know, and, um, because he trains Canelo, right? But how about giving Navarrete's trainer? See, I do that here. How about I want to look out for the guys that fall between the cracks, the guys that don't get enough credit, the underdogs. the, the You know what I mean? I, I want to give the, the quiet spoke in the wheel a little oil, too. You know what I mean? Not just a squeaky one. So how about giving Navaretti's trainer some credit? Of course. None, none was given, as far as I know. And again, I didn't have to sound, you know, I had it turned off. But as far as I know, none of it was given. And I, look, go back, watch it, really. I mean this from my heart. Give it a try. It's worth watching anyway. To, to just appreciate the nuances, the finer points of what Navarrete, the, the three-division world champion, was doing. To appreciate, really appreciate what he was... That, that, that night, you might not have been able to appreciate it. The commentators couldn't, so maybe you didn't get a chance to appreciate it. Maybe you did. A lot of smart fans out there. But watch it again. Really, really. Um... The commentating can influence you if you let it. And I want to finish with this. I just want to finish with this in a very crystal way. I destroy the judges here, as I said earlier, when they deserve to be destroyed. And right now, today, they deserve to be applauded. So I'm applauding them with both hands. And... I want to put a, a, finishing touch on what I said before. I'm talking about the sweet science, any way you cut it. My earlier point that the commentators couldn't see the beauty, and the science, the sweet science of what Navarrete was doing in there, because it wasn't done the way they used to. They they used to it being done, and being done by. It was being done by an aggressive fighter. My son texted me afterwards, Teddy, the NFL scout. And he texted me and he said, he was so, he, he's so smart with this stuff. He said, Dad, they're not used to seeing a guy boxed out brilliantly and be aggressive. He was so damn right. He was so damn right. They're not used to seeing an aggressive fighter also be able to do something that they usually only see a defensive craftsman do. Where they could... See, they're more comfortable when it's a defensive craftsman doing it. Because they could easily appreciate the art. You know? The art of it. They they love their guy... Well, I don't know. I think their guy got mad at them too, but um, I know they love their guy, Shakur Stevenson, who's with their network. Terrific boxer. Brilliant boxer. Because... He does it in the right way. He stays out of harm's way all night. He counter punches. He makes his opponent miss. You know, it's like watching Michelangelo paint. Everything's so perfectly designed, neat. But, you know, you might be bored a little bit watching him do it, but now here comes, not Michelangelo, but a guy named Neverready, And he comes with a spray can in his hand doing graffiti, artwork, but it's still art. It's still art. It's graffiti art, but it's art. Just done differently, more aggressively, but still beautiful when it's done. Still effective. I don't know about you, but me, I'd rather see someone, I mean, that's just my taste, perform the sweet science aggressively like Navarrete did. Or Roberto Duran used to do, one of my favorite fighters in of all time when he did it in his prime he did that in his prime he made you miss as he went after you matter of fact Mike Tyson did it in his prime too in the end it's the same result you're hitting a guy and he's not hitting you it's called high level boxing it's the sweet science it's just one is louder than the other the one is loud the other is quiet I guess I like loud if you haven't noticed by now loud and exciting put me down for that
0: i love it well that's a pretty thorough breakdown let's touch one more over on the ufc i know you like that card and early start time from uh vegas from the apex um Rafael Dos Años in against Vicente Luque. Vicente Luque coming back after a terrible injury, had a brain hemorrhage in a knockout loss in 2022. Uh, came back to get the win, out grappled, outstruck, basically won the fight in all areas. I was super impressed with his ability to grapple and, um, you know, get into it in the jiu jitsu on the floor because he's known as a big puncher, but uh, he really showed a well rounded. Um, well-rounded package in, in that fight. How'd you like it? Well,
1: I, I loved it. I thought it was a great fight. I loved it. I appreciated him. I appreciated his bravery. He he gets, should get credit for bravery. Not Joshua for taking on a last-minute replacement in Hellenius. Luke a. should get credit coming off of the horrible loss where his life was at risk and... Who does he go back in there with? His first fight back? A monster. Those anchos. A monster. He he should get credit for being brave. And that was brave. And I give him the credit. I give him the credit. Um I'll be in Boston this weekend before I forget, covering the O'Malley Sterling fight. You're gonna come out there too, um with your son. And um yeah, so, we, you know, we'll be out there for the fans that uh, want to say hello. We'll be out there. And as far as the Dos Anjos-Luke fight, first of all, kudos to the UFC matchmaker par excellence. I know sometimes I see these sayings a little off. A little off, which people, I think, some of them think it's kind of cute. It's kind of Teddy's way, whatever. In the end i do know what it is that i intend to say even if i say it off a little bit but this one i think i'm saying it right kudos to the ufc matchmaker par excellence i wish we had matchmakers like him and bob what's his name again ken you know his name you know all these guys you've met them all now um the matchmaker uh, for the ufc
0: ufc ufc matchmakers are sean shelby and hunter campbell
1: well, I wish we had more of them. They're tremendous. They know they know their work. They know their job, and they get it done brilliantly, Brilliant at a at a high level, and they're consistent at that level. Um, as I said, I wish we had them in boxing. I really do. You know, uh, you wouldn't have to go through all these one-sided undercard forces while they're building the records of all their next stars. But anyway, they were so evenly matched. First round, here's the breakdown. Great round, both had moments. I had it even, or maybe a slight edge to Dos Anjos. Second round, also close. Uh, I gave it slightly to Luque, so I think I had it. If my, I'm going off my memory. I might be a little off, but I think I had it 1-1 going into the third. Um, and then, uh, by the way, our tweet made TV again. Uh, Ian, Brennan, Rob, my tweet team is the best. Par excellence. Par excellence for my Twitter team. Par excellence. Um, Third round, Dos Anchos did a great job striking. I was surprised how good he was striking. Uh, He didn't waste anything throwing good, solid punches. And Luque was just incredible. With his takedowns, as DC gave him credit rightfully. Well, DC always gets it right. They all do, all those commentators. But um, he was incredible with his takedowns, Luque. It was just a great match. I think in the fourth round, again, I'm relying on my memory now, but it was definitely one of the late rounds. Luque, for me, took control of the battle for geography, getting those antros either to the ground or controlled against the cage. And he, Luque was just, he was just so calm and skilled in there, and both of them are technically solid, but Luque was in charge. He was the boss at that point, and uh, but but competitive every bit of the way that fight, every bit of the way. Fifth round, Dos Anjos' corner told him he needed a knockout or a submission. Uh, he needed a finish, in other words, and he had a great finish trying to get what his corner asked him to get. But he just came up a little short in the end. It was a great matchup. Again, give credit to Luque for getting the comeback win, coming off what you just said, Ken, a real bad loss. A, I mean, a life, a, a, almost a life-changing loss. Um, credit for taking such a, a tough opponent. You know, once again, there's no free lunches in the UFC. You want a free lunch? Go to boxing. Go to boxing. You know, uh, you'll get plenty of free lunches there. Not all the time. You get plenty of great fights, but not always enough. Not always enough. But as far as consistently or consistency, week in, week out, UFC will give you competitive fights you know, from from the main event all the way down, all the way down the undercard, um, one after another. You know, every once in a while there's a clunker. Everyone's got a clunker every once in a while. Uh, but I'll tell you, the consistency with UFC is what's made that brand what it is and, and keeps rising and keeps rising and the ratings keep keep just keep going forward because... Week in and week out, the fans know what they're going to get. They know what they're going to get. They're going to get competitive, well matched fights. And, um, you know, they're not going to get Torres uh, against Willie Jake, you know, where you got to, you know, you got to worry whether or not Willie Jake even gets hurt. You're not going to get those. It's, again, no free lunches, no layups. Not not in a place called the UFC, anyway, I think we covered this show pretty well like a blanket i th- I want to thank Karnak, the Magnificent for making an appearance i I appreciate it I appreciate uh you fans that called them in because it was you that called him in with your brain waves whether you know it or not, those brain waves are going they're going out they're getting they're getting out there a little bit and um Because of them, you brought Karnak into the fold. And I would just say, listen to him. Listen to that fight. Listen to that. Watch that fight again. Don't listen. I'm sorry. Watch that fight. Listen to Karnak. But watch that fight with Valdez and Navarrete again. It's worth watching it. And watch it with the sound off
0: that's a good point because aside from the analysis the thing I have a really hard time with on those uh, on the coverage on ESPN is like I've said this before but Joe Tess is so hyperbolic every call is like the thriller in Manila well
1: he's the boy that he's the boy he's the boy that cried wolf you can't believe no more
0: that's exactly right if you keep screaming every fight is like the second coming of Christ I'm like dude how? Ha- is this where I get excited? I'm taking my cues from the uh, commentator. It's just chill, chill. Richard Torres isn't in there with Muhammad Ali. Take a chill pill, yeah. Yo,
1: man, take a chill pill. <laughs> my grandson. Oh my goodness. My grandson's. Uh, you know, I got two beautiful grandchildren, and um, one in Vegas, one here with me. I missed. I, I love them both dearly, and my and two beautiful granddaughters. I'm very blessed over here, but um. <laughs> My grandson over here, uh, like he's, he says, like, uh, he'll say things now. I said, where is that coming from? You know, he's watching that YouTube stuff too much. But, like, uh, out of nowhere, he's, he'll just say to me, chill, Papa. Why? Why? Take a chill pill. Now, he don't say take a chill pill. But um, if you listen to the show, he might start saying it, though.
0: Well, Teddy, like you said, we're both going to be in Boston for this UFC card. That's the big ongoing next weekend. Incredible card with Al Sterling, Sean O'Malley in the main event. Uh, Wei Li Zhang in there with Amanda the Lemos. Neil Magny, and Gary. Great card. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing the fans in Boston. And uh, I know Cameron is dying to see you. He wanted to know if Teddy was going to give him a a boxing lesson at the fight. I said, no, no, buddy. We got to have on our gear. We got to be ready. But you'll get to talk to Teddy. And he's incredibly excited. He's already like got his outfit picked out. He's like, uh, he's, he's pumped. He's super excited. And of course, all the other kids are jealous, but... I try to do things like, I try to they do one-on-one things with yeah, all of all them occasionally. Exactly, exactly. So looking forward to seeing you, looking forward to seeing all the fans in Boston. So if you're going to Boston, come and find us. We're, uh look forward to saying hello to everyone. And uh, before we sign off, Teddy, you got anything else?
1: No, I think it was a good show. I think it was a comprehensive show. I hope it was. I think we, like I said, we covered it like a blanket. And, um, you know, we mixed in some humor in there with serious stuff it's a serious sport so you got to be serious about it, but we mix in some humor with it and at the end of the day i hope that the fans wherever they are appreciate one thing that we we really we love the sport and we care about you guys too and we just want to try to bring you the truth the truth is we know it, it doesn't mean that it's infallible it doesn't mean i'm infallible it doesn't mean that I, i'm not wrong it's it's my opinion but it's my opinion attached to fifty years of experience in the fight business. And for what it's worth, I said it before I say it again in closing. I'm I'm saying it sincerely. I'm I'm saying it, you know, earnestly. And I'm saying it because I care. I care about this sport. And if something's wrong, I care enough to say, hey, I think that's wrong, you know? And um I just wanna be able to bring you guys you know, my thoughts, and you're good enough to let me, to to allow us to bring our thoughts to you every week, and just I can't guarantee anything in life. What I can guarantee is that I will always be telling you what I believe when it comes to this. What what I believe, and it will not be touched by silliness. You know, like I'll just call it silliness. I won't even get crazy where the fan says that I don't like. British fighters or whatever it was that Ken told me that he said, you know, uh, that's silliness. That's just silliness. Uh, if anything, over my fifty years, I hope that I've proven one thing, that I, I do not carry a bias. I say what I believe, good or bad or indifferent. I say it based on what I believe, uh, from my experience, from my judgment, not on anything else. I've been I've been in the ring for all those years. I've been I was calling fights. Twenty-something years for ESPN. There were times there were people up in that corner. I didn't particularly agree with with them or or the way they did things or particularly maybe even liked them. But I never. I I one thing that I took pride in. I never allowed that to venture into my judgment onto what I was going to say. When I got behind that microphone, I said only what I thought was true and if the guy I didn't like was doing something that was great I said it was great and I said he was great and I'm gonna continue doing things that way I, I don't know any other way again hopefully you just you appreciate it we appreciate you um I appreciate the British fans I joke with is all but I love you even if I do say Joshua's overrated I try to back it up with facts um Hey, listen, you, you love them good. Love them. Go ahead, uh, you know, uh, and, and, and I hope they love you back as much as you love them, because you've made them rich. Um, you've, you've, you know, you have really, uh, you, you've, you've brought life. You have brought life into British boxing. The Irish have done that over in Ireland, too, in the last few years bringing real passion and life into boxing in your geographies, in your areas. And you've done it one, for one reason, because you bring passion, you bring love to your sport. Keep bringing it, even if I do knock you guys every once in a while. Keep bringing it, baby. Love you.
0: And with that, Teddy, before we sign off, let me just remind people if you like what Teddy has to say, you can check out his audible book available on audible.com. It's Atlas from the Streets to the Ring, a son struggle to become a man. There's a picture of it there for those on YouTube. And you can also check out Teddy's boxing tutorial set, uh series on um dynamicstriking.com. Search Teddy Atlas. All the videos are up there. And while you're boxing, always wear Teddy's box raw collection, the 36 collection, 36 minutes to make life fair. With that, thank you everyone for being with us. We appreciate your support. Please like and subscribe to the uh, YouTube channel. It helps us a lot. And we'll be back next weekend with a full breakdown of the UFC live from Boston. Have a great week, everyone.